Welcome to Nkanizatu, the pod that tells indigenous stories every day. The platform that tells you what's gold and what's odd for young people and elderly alike in the areas of art, history and culture preservation. And now your host, Rina Kasongo. Welcome back to another exciting conversation on Nkanizatu. Nkanizatu, the program that is brought to you uh, with uh, Curtis of Soto and Publishers. This is a platform where we share everything that has to do with, with indigenous stories, captivating stories that speak of to our culture and to our lifestyle. Today I'm privileged, I'm your host Sidney Mbonda, I'm privileged to host Dr. Frederick Stangara. Now, is an interesting personality that we are going to, to learn and appreciate and insights from because he is coming from the point of a professional sports administrator, as well as this is the man who is trending as an actor in Impari, the Zambian terror that we, we are enjoying in our homes. Doctor, welcome to this episode. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Yeah. Uh, great. So, how are you feeling? Uh, the man is sick. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm better. Okay. I'm better. Getting there. You know how it is with a kidney, you know. <laughs> it can't be 100% fine. Yeah. yeah. You don't put it in time. I, I uh, good enough to work. Okay. Yeah, good enough to work. Good enough to be functional and productive, uh, but out of danger. <laughs> okay. Mm. That's, that's the best part. Okay. Yeah. Let's do this something very quickly. Tell me three things of which two have to be lies, and then uh, I would need to guess what would be the, the truth of the three things they're going to, to say. I'll, I'll tell you the three things, but let me be the one to determine how many lies and how many truths <laughs> are there. So I leave it for you. Um, but one thing I can confess is that I'm not very good at lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me tell you one, one thing. I've got um, uh, five children. Okay, uh, two outside marriage and three with my wife. Then um, I am a black belt uh, karateka. When I was younger, I don't do that much now because I can break my bones. I have climbed the tallest viewing point on Earth in Hawaii, a second tallest viewing point, like maybe four or five kilometers up, up the hill. So, yes, uh, tell us uh, which one is true, which one is lies, or if you are told all of them are true. Uh, I think uh, Black Belt, I, I'll go for that one. If not, they are so what, what about Black Belt? Is it a truth or it's a lie? I think that's the truth that you... Okay. Yeah, but I, look, I still look fit, huh? <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so Mr... Uh, no, 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 which one is a lie? <laughs> uh, which one is a lie? Uh, uh, I think the first one. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll pick it up. Okay, so, uh, Mr. Stangara, let's start by diving in your personal journey. Yeah. Just tell us and uh, the listener there, uh, and the viewer, those who are following us on YouTube, your, your roots. I was born in now what is called Muchinga. I was, all of it was called Northern Province then, the early 70s. And um, I was born there, grew up there, 
uh, got educated uh, from primary school to secondary school right in Michinga. In fact, I finished my grade 12 at Isoka Secondary School, uh, having spent all my life in Impika and uh, Chinsari. Uh, I'd never visited town, any town before that, except Impika and the whatever towns are there. But I've never been, I'd never been to Kawa, I'd never been to Kopebe, I'd never been to Lusaka before that. So when I qualified to get into university, that was the first time I was coming to university. I mean, to Lusaka, to see town. Oh, so this is how Lusaka looks like. So you see what brands can do. They can take you places. Eh? Okay. That, that sounds <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So without education, I don't know where I, where I could have been uh, by now. Um, so that's where I come from. My my mother is Bemba from uh, from Kasama. My father is uh, Bemba Bisa from Chinsari, Chief Chirasakunda's area. So I'm, yeah, Bemba by tribe. Okay. Yes. Okay, that's uh, awesome to hear. So the time you were at Isoka mm -hmm. was still the library, that, that is the library that is there with St. Uh, uh, Camp David, uh, Chinsari boys. Isoka boys, whoever be Isoka boys, the uh, Orange, yeah. we used to call it, the most famous school as far as uh, morale boosting for our teams, sports teams is concerned. That was it. That, that, that's, 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 that's where uh, this young man, a musician, uh, the one who sings the most posterior music in Wakala, Mozegeta, he was leading uh, a lot of morale boosting for our teams there. Uh, there is definitely an ongoing, um, this, this rivalry is still there, Kenneth Kaunda, um, Mikasama, you know, yeah. the rivalry will never, will never, because we, we want to always say we are the best, our school is the best. They also say our school is the best. So when we meet for sports or for anything, there is a fight. Okay, so yeah. the summer boys claims they want Centrida and you said, uh, Isoka and Chinsari, you think you won with Well, we won. We we won the Chinsari girls. We we won the Mwenzo girls. Yeah. Uh, they just won the one school. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. You know, that depicts what I've said. It's like um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, as it were. Okay. Uh, then quickly, just uh, from that Chimera from uh, Isoka University, and uh, somebody may want to know how did you come to to the level of now acting, I just saw you there with uh, now. Yeah, and this is this is what a lot of people don't know. And I think maybe through the, your platform, people can know about me. I didn't start acting for the first time on Impari. No, that's a very big mistake. You know, you, you don't just start acting for the first time at this age and execute the way what you see. Is, that's not possible unless you've been exposed before. I was a very active uh, a dramatist, dramatist from childhood. Uh, by the way, you won't believe this, I even participated in cultural dances in primary school. When I went to the boarding school at Isoka, that's when I became very actively involved in both the school drama group and the anti-AIDS drama group. I was in two drama groups at the same time. At one point, I, I almost got expelled from, from school for, for, for drama because we went to act at Mwenzo Girls Secondary School uh, without what the headmaster said, with uh, lack of permission from him. So we went illegally to act. He had no consent. He, had, we, he didn't give consent, but he's his uh, staffer, who is the, the patron of the, the drama group, who gave consent. And that's how, that was our argument. And that's how we, we survived. Did you have something controversial? Or we, didn't, we didn't even act. We traveled to, to Mwenzo 
and then the the girls were waiting for us you know and so when we arrived there uh, the headmaster sent word to his counterpart in Mwenzo that don't allow them to act because I didn't get my permission. And we were hoping to raise some money there to use it for transport back. So meaning we had no transport to come back with to, to Isoka. So we hacked. And uh, the following Monday, we were undergoing for one week a disciplinary hearing uh, until the f after one week Monday uh, assembly, then we heard that all because the patron allowed us then uh, it means that the headmaster also allowed us. That's how, that's how we, we survived that. But I was also a very active and very good news reader. Mm -hmm. um, for, I was part of the school press club. Uh, I even won an award for being one of the best news readers. Um, yeah. So in terms of media, I think it has been on me from uh, from childhood. Uh, so when I came into Lusaka, university life is not uh, is not uh, your friend. <laughs> so I didn't do acting at Unza until I finished. When I finished Unza, I joined um, an NGO, and immediately I was privileged to know that uh, movie TV was beginning a station. Yeah. Uh, from movie studio to movie TV, and we produced and also acted some of the first ever productions that ever aired on TV, before even Banjas came, came on. Those who are watching movie TV would remember watching a, a play by, called Backfire, another one, A House Divided, and a few other justice kits that we showed on, uh, on TV. Yeah, so that was, that was it. Then we, I mean, acting wasn't paying. Um, then you know, I did a, a lot of play um, uh, theater as well. Um, yeah. When I started work uh, at Playhouse as well as uh, in churches, and then I said, "So why should I focus on something which is not feeding me?" Yeah. yeah. So I I stopped, um, concentrated on developing my career. I did a bachelor's degree in psychology and education at Unza. I joined an NGO after working for. Three years or so, I enrolled back at the University of Zambia School of Medicine, uh, where I got a master's degree in public health. And then, then I started going back to school uh, every time I finished one, so until I became. <laughs> is, is education better uh, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I just want to achieve something until until I, I, I got a doctorate. Um, yeah, as we in public health uh, now i i do have a phd in uh, in sports man sports marketing as well as another master's degree in sports uh, administration uh two three years ago i i met uh, some people who are in the acting industry who remember that i used to act and they were like so why don't you act i said you know during our time it wasn't paying now it's okay it's paying you can see actors driving you can see actors looking nice you can see that they're making some money uh, not a lot yeah. as they would want to but they're making some money you know and i said you know you should consider coming back i said yeah, i will you know i'll maybe give an opportunity i can but i have a, a whole institution to manage as a chief executive officer of oitc yeah. uh, that's not easy you know so the time passes and then somebody calls me uh, nancy andavide is a is a producer but she was also acting on uh, and directing in 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 paris so she calls me and uh she didn't know me she just said i was afraid uh, somebody has recommended you to act in my pilot production which i want to submit to zambia's magic i said oh okay that's interesting and uh i was following her so i liked her work so i said it'd be nice to act for nancy so i went i acted and uh, the day we were finishing the acting 
I received a call from Mpari. Okay. We have a role for you. And the role used to be the father to Mwanida. The, the, the father that I never saw the daughter to Mwanida. Uh, it will not take long. You act, you appear, introduce yourself to her. You are the one who gave her the kidney when she was sick. You paid for hospital bills. And then she would deny you. And he goes will chase you. That's the end of your, your appearance on Mpari. I said, okay, that's okay. I can handle that because I've got a full-time job. Yeah. I can't manage to become for acting every day. Yeah. yeah, so I did my first appear, first episode, second episode, third episode, I was to convince Mwiza to convince uh, Mwanida so that she comes to me as a father. And then they both refused. Then I forced myself at the farm. And that's where we had the first fight with the, the Mightingos, the Ryan himself. And for the first time, people thought they finally found a match for Mr. Ngozo. Okay. Yeah, it was a real fight that we forgot about the lines. We just got into this character and the channel loved it so much. They had to ask Frank Suboku. Uh, so how much time does he have on him? He said, no, that was the last appearance. He said, are you joking? <laughs> you can't throw that talent away. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to be around. And that's how I stayed on uh, uh, I stayed on the on Empire. But I still, um, I appreciate the fact that they still recognize that I have got a job where I do a full-time job so they don't give me roles every day because i this thing is going to suffer oh i do see yeah. yeah so the, the the story will change will shift when it shifts to me then i start getting a leave one leave day per day per week i go and act whatever is waiting for me next week i do the same when the sequence the sequence is done i go back to my uh, to my office Okay, that's very interesting, yeah. and uh, you know, the characters just that you, you, you are you have demonstrated, mm. and of course it's still this, you know, still the CEO type, yeah. <laughs> still the CEO type, yeah. But then uh, people just bring out. Just want to find out something uh, uh, from you. Do you sit to watch yourself with the family, and how do they react? Um, Mpali is Mpali. Uh, majority of the decoders in Zambia and Malawi are yeah. uh, tuned to Zambezi magic when it's time for Mpali. Yeah. I can confirm that. And for that size of a show, you must be proud that you are on it. You know, and therefore, sometimes watch yourself and just assess yourself. How are you performing? Uh, did you make a mistake that you shouldn't have made? And learn from the mistakes, uh, actual mistakes on the screen. And then is there some editing error that maybe editors made? You take a screenshot, you send to them and say, hey guys, you should have done this. Uh, that's allowed. Uh, so yes, I do watch myself with my friend. I do have a TV in my bedroom. Uh, and sometimes kids are excited to see daddy when I began. Yeah. But now it's just, uh, uh, okay, it's about, even my children just say, oh, it's about, uh, you see, okay. No, and then they even forgot that's the father. That's you. I'm not up, but I'm your father. You know. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. So they are calling you Albert because they are seeing you on the screen. Yes. You want them to to show that uh, the father is here. Yeah. But also the one thing I love about acting is that sometimes it also gives an opportunity to speak to your children in in a way that you probably may not even have time to sit down because you are always too tired. You are always too busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I so sometimes I take an opportunity when I'm counseling, you know, there are some high moments when 
I have to talk to Manita uh, as a father in a very intense moment. Yeah. I take that opportunity and make sure the kids watch because they can pick one or two things as well. You know, and that's those are opportunities for education, you know, for, for teaching kids uh, yeah, on how to, to live a morally upright life yeah, and, and how not to be reckless. You know, and that's what has put a character called Manida in that particular place. You have a reckless, not putting value on yourself, you know, those are lessons. And so those are lessons that... Okay, I so I want you to just go in the voice mm -hmm. of Albert. Uh, the voice of Albert. <laughs> <laughs> and then they speak to that young girl who doesn't have the confidence, they seem like they have no direction and they, they, they don't have a goal. They don't know why they have to wake up tomorrow. Just, um, just there, let's come there, is, there isn't a big difference between Albert and uh, Dr. Chitanga. Tell <laughs> your voice. Yeah. But in terms of the looks on the face, the character and, and the, the tensed body and everything, yes, there is a difference. Yeah. But in terms of voice, I yeah. keep the same, uh, I, I, I keep the same, uh, the same voice. Okay. Yeah. So can we send a message to that young young lady, mm. young, that, young boy, you is daring to know. They don't have anything uh, planned for their life. Mm. They just want to wake up and then always they are finding themselves in situationships and other issues. It's just that kind of message that you would have to send. Young man, listen very carefully. Time and chance happens to everyone. When your friend is doing better today, don't start competing with them. Tomorrow, your chance is coming. And don't give up just because things are not working or going your way today. No. As you see me, I once walked on foot going to school up to grade eight. That's when I tested shoes. But now, I think I've got more than 30 pairs of shoes. You can also do it. <laughs> awesome. So that is an interesting message that you have to share not only for yourself with others that you have what it takes dear listener uh this is in kanizatu the place where we share indigenous stories stories that are meant to inspire us and appreciate who we are as africans and zambians and just as humanity that we have what it takes and we have our own history we do everything culture uh our own history as well as discuss matters pertaining to publishing, especially that this podcast is brought to you, Curtis of Sotwin Publishers, uh, with the message that, uh, I wanted to almost to say, Albert, but Sotwin Publishers has actually gifted him this book, and you can just see the quality of what is produced, leaving the plan, so that he could get more insights, so that he, when he goes back on the screen, he's going to share some of the insights that you have what it takes live, to live your plan. Yeah, for thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you. It's, it's, it looks professionally done. I, I look forward to, to, to reading it, living the plan, culture the youth today for a better tomorrow. Am I allowed to allow my children to read it as well? Sure. Yeah, oh, it's basically meant for children and yeah. also pilot yeah. children yeah. that yeah. make the, the yeah. sound decisions for their lives. I, I hope it breaks the barriers as well, because sometimes as parents you find it very difficult to talk to children on certain things. But, but it, no? uh, it's, it's, uh, it's neutral. It, it, it gives a balance that you could have a conversation with, with oh. somebody who is 10 years yeah. Yeah. Up to just making their decision. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. So 
uh, well, we we had just uh, done the first part appreciating the journey and how uh, Dr. Stangara was human either got to back to acting and uh, he has given us insight that it's actually not the first time. But quickly, we, we switch, uh, Dr. the CEO uh, of IDC. Yeah. So we just appreciate a bit, bit of uh, your your journey because it's very fascinating to to see this person in one space. Of course, they are acting. The other side, they are professional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the trainings that you have given us from University of Zambia. And recently, you got uh, is the master's. Uh... Uh, well, learning doesn't doesn't stop. Uh, so just uh, give us a little bit on how it uh, began and yeah. what OIDC is about. Uh, first and foremost, just in terms of work uh, generally, how do I find myself into the sports sector? I I began work in public health, you know, when I finished uh, my first degree. I was managing HIV programs, uh, later on managing all the CRES or ministries treatment centers across the country. And these are centers which were treating people with uh, HIV. Uh, giving them free ARVs then. I think they're still giving them for free. I worked there for as a, one in charge of the project, project director, for 14 years. Um, still in public health. I had a master's degree in public health then, and a master of uh, science in project management and a few other things. Then I moved to, then when I was moving, I got a doctorate. Then I moved to Sosad for family health. Uh, which I think you know, the producers then of maximum condoms, chlorine, and all these health products, as director of marketing. And, um, excuse me, That's okay. director of marketing and, uh, and communication. So I worked there for almost two years. Then I quit. I went to, 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 to YMCA. Uh, YMCA Zambia as a national office, not as a district office, because for YMCA, every district has its own office, yes. As a national office, as executive director, reporting to the one in charge of YMCA in Africa was based in, uh, in Nairobi. I didn't work for a long time, but that was my first experience of managing sport and integrating it into youth programs. Okay. Okay. So when I quit, for well, just about a month or less, uh, a week or less, I mean, a year or less, I quit and I said, let me just work, do things on my own. Then there was um, an advert about uh, as a sports center looking for a director. I said, no, the description of a job sounds like what I was doing at OMCA. Let me apply. I don't know which center this is because I didn't mention. Yeah. I applied and I uh, went for interviews. I found... Uh, people big in sports, lining up to for their job. They want to feel intimidated. I'm sure there's a reason why these guys have called me for these interviews. Did the first interview, uh, which was like a very competitive. Second interview, I think I only saw myself. They are sure they were also interviewing other people. And uh, that's when I came to know that, oh, it's OIDC. That's when I started researching now about OIDC. I didn't know much about OIDC. I even came here to interview some people about what's going on so that when I go for my next interview, I can say something about the institution. Uh, anyway, first of all, that's how I got the job. Came here as a chief executive officer. I reported on the 1st of April, 2018. So in the next five months, uh, less than five months, I'll be six years old at OIDC. Oh, great. Yes, yeah, it's... Uh, 
it's, it's a different sector. It's a hundred percent sport. It's not uh, like YMCA, which was maybe a small percentage of sport and a few other things. It's hundred percent sports, hundred percent sports equipment. So everything you do has to center around sport, you know, and you have to learn to handle your stakeholders. The stakeholders are sports federations who may, who may not work the way you want them to work. They will have their own work culture. So you need to know how to handle them and how to relate yourself to uh, yourself to them. Uh, in some cases, it could be a very stressing job, but this is what all CEO jobs are. Uh, there isn't a simple CEO job uh, anywhere in the world. They're all stressing, just have to learn how to, to manage the, the stress. Okay, so uh, uh, are you doing any sports yourself to relieve some stress? I know you're talking about uh, you always have to get stressed. Yes, uh, I've got so many ways I relieve my stress. By the way, I'm an introvert. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can believe that. Maybe that's one of the lies I should have told you, that I'm an extrovert. You are going to believe that. But I'm an introvert. Uh, outside in public, I don't have a very active social life, no. Uh, not just because I'm known because of TV. That has even made it worse. Because I know everywhere I go, you're attracting... You people. want to take selfies with you. That's the thing. That's the thing. Uh, it makes the situation even more difficult. But you can't just keep in staying in the house. So anyway, I don't really go out that much. Okay. okay, not because I don't want to meet with people who know me from TV, no, I just don't go out. But I do have ways and means of how I socialize. I've got friends, I've got circles who I mingle with, and that's where... But you drink? Uh, drinking what? Some <laughs> <laughs> water? Some water? Um, no, I don't. Like I, 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 I don't. Okay. I, but I, I socialize among people I am comfortable with. Uh, yes, uh, so that's one way of managing my stress. Uh, I exercise a lot. Uh, I used to be a very active karateka, so that was correct. Uh, but at my age, we just uh, keep fit. Uh, we still have some skills uh, within us that we can use to defend ourselves. But I'm not an active karateka right now. Um, I also sit down to write a uh, few stories which I want to produce myself. That's one way of managing the stress, to do something away from your usual stressor. Yeah, uh, yeah that it helps to manage your, your stress. I, I don't have enough uh, leave days, because most leave days I spend them acting on Impari, which is also a stress reliever, because it's a different job from here. You can imagine, you go for work, you report, they give you a script, this is your script, you go through, five, ten minutes, are you ready? Yes, camera's ready, action, and you think you've done a good job with the person you're sharing the set with, you do some high fives, yeah. that makes you feel nice. Especially when you can watch yourself and say, hey, I did a good job here. And then you get some messages from people on Facebook and also on phone, people know you, you did a very good job there, that helps you to you know, to feel good about yourself, you know, yeah. not always just some depressing uh, messages. Um, yeah, so that's how I, I, I exercise. I, I think I mentioned that I run uh, quite a mini gym at home. Um, I, I do, I do exercise to just to manage my, my stress. stress levels in this, in this office. I would love you know. one day to come uh, and join you. You are uh, at the home gym. You are welcome. Do you, do you exercise? Yes, I do. That's just, just uh, for fitness, right? For fitness. You, do, you don't want to have... I used to have a nice chest oh, and six pack when I was young. Part. I still have my thick arms uh, <laughs> from my youthful days of karate training. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nice. But, you know, so, of course, I know it's a lifestyle for some people. Like, okay, you need to have 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's that's very out. important. Yeah. Especially that we eat food that is very fattening, um, yeah. because our 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 diets are principally fifty percent carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. If you look at the shima, the bread and everything we eat, uh, so that yeah. needs to be bent, uh, so you don't get into problems, diabetes and uh, high blood pressure. Okay, yeah. talking about uh, issues of disease and also uh, the law of sport, may just uh, look at what is it that OIDC is doing in terms of uh, encouraging community education around uh, mm-hmm. keeping fit. And as you also comment, you also try to, how are you doing uh, the talent development? I know uh, our ladies, the Copa Queens, and four of them have been lifted to, to receive uh, among the recipients of the awards for, for CAF. Our way and our queens are among the team of the year. Mm. So, how are you seeing OIDC? What has been your role towards uh, what success we are seeing? Yeah. I think you've asked maybe three or four questions. Yeah, wow. Let me see. I want us to, to now relax and take water. <laughs> I, can, uh, I can remember um, um, what, what, what the first one. The first one, of course, is uh, how are we contributing to encouraging communities uh, in being active yes yeah uh, so we do two things at oidc uh, in terms of sports programs there's sports development and sports for development under sports development that's when we ha- that's where we have talent identification programs uh, we, we 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 run uh, mass participation programs where we receive and pick talent and then we grow it and then we submit it to their sports federations for me when i say sport it's way beyond the football okay it's 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 beyond just football uh, we're talking about taekwondo karate boxing judo uh, basketball netball volleyball beach volleyball yes soccer yes uh, badminton uh, indoor hockey name it swimming okay so we have sports development programs where we actually have uh, put coaches on our payroll, not like a salary, but just an allowance. They come every day to train in different sports activity, to train young people. When we see that this one is ripe, from as young as 12 years, this one is ripe. We give them fees. Is it a basketball federation? Is it a football federation? Is it a handball federation? We hand them over. Then they get, the federation can introduce them to professional clubs. And then they can potentially be a candidate for national team appointment. Okay, that's sports development. That's talent identification. It's a long path, pathway from just a mass participation to them being able to, to appreciate sport, being able to compete, and being able to live the sport. Yeah. And then the other part is sports for development. So using sport for development. So we can use develop sports uh, for to, to encourage um, active um, lifestyles. You can use sport to encourage uh, people to exercise. We use sport to encourage people to go back to school. We can use sport to to help prevent HIV uh, um, transmission and all those all those things. You know. Uh, so we do we do those and we have a program funded by a gentleman called Mr. Coin Toolings, is based in, in Belgium. Uh, we call it the Toolings Youth Sports Challenge. Through that challenge, we have opportunity of educating people, the community members, the schools around on OVEP, including a bit of funding from uh, IOC. OVEP is the Olympic Values Education Program. It's beyond just winning a medal is developing a character in somebody, is developing someone to be a useful and productive citizen. 
a respectable person, a team player, somebody who values life and values lives of other people. This is what we are doing as a OIDC. I can, there's another question I can very proudly say. Yeah. There aren't many athletes in Zambia who are active right now who have never benefited from OIDC, one way or the other. We can name them, we can list them. As long as it's an Olympic sport, they have benefited from OIDC in one way or the other. All of them. Okay? And that's our contribution. We can actually, if we sit proper and do a nice research, we can actually tell you that one who is acting, playing there, that one who is playing football in the women's team, that one is playing football in the men's team, that one in the national team of basketball, in, a, in a volleyball, in what? They have been at YDC as beneficiaries of our treatment. Awesome. Yeah. That's that's interesting. You have answered all my questions. Mm -hmm. I did well to punch them and so that we get the, the response that is yeah. disturbed and and, uh, in, and interrupted as it were. So um, just quickly, just as we we were looking at uh, your journey into acting. Yeah. You're looking around uh, storytelling. When you were growing up, some of us, we had the privilege uh, coming from the northern side where you would sit with uh, grandparents and others, they are telling you oh, to, shimmy. To, to shimmy and others. Do you, aside uh, the acting uh, side, are you doing anything to do with uh, telling stories, doing mentorships? Um, so um, I can officially announce here, I've never announced this to anyone, that uh, I'm, I'm also preparing myself to be a producer of um of dramatized stories and um we have already written uh quite a bunch of them when i say we together with my team and myself of course as a visionary um we are behind the stories and creator of these stories we we do that and we've taken that as an, an opportunity given now the status i've acquired through my appearance on tv uh, that if I start producing, chances are that people can believe and listen to you because they know you. Yeah. yeah. So yes, I'm getting into storytelling, and um, this is storytelling that is built on experience. Number one, yeah. also built on my passion for my education and experience in life. What is it that I want to? What changes do I want to see in the community? You know, things like that. So ranging from leadership to human stories, you know. Uh, to empowerment and all this, the JBV, name it. We we have put them into stories that are, are captivating, and that will, will keep you, uh, if you are not strong, crying at the end of every episode. This is what we are we are we are doing. Uh, yeah, yes, we if we want, we can tell a story of a Karuru and the Aina uh, managing to to marry a princess when human beings failed. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. We, we are not going to tell those stories. Some of them may not even be. Uh, they are. They are just to to keep the co the family together and and yeah. listen to stories. But not in some of them. Some of them are very educational. Some of them are just there to to sit. Oh, let's go and listen to a story of of how a a, a, a rabbit managed to marry a human princess. <laughs> but we do have stories that uh, are real, and people can you relate to and people can benefit from. Yeah. Those are the stories. Some of them are imaginary, but very educating. Some of them are lived experiences. You know, this is what we are we are doing. At my age, that's the best I can do. Um, because of my kind of work I do, 
I may not even have enough time to write a book and sit down and um, sell it or distribute to people, but at least I can write a script because it's falling within what I love doing. It's also storytelling. You can tell a story by a book. You can tell a story uh, through a TV program, you know, like even what you are doing here. We are also telling stories. It's easier um, and also it depends on where your passion uh, your passion is. My passion is in, in media, it's on screen. And that's where we, we think already working at YDC has given me so many stories about how you can develop a, a career or a character just using sport. You know, how you can achieve something using sport. You know, there's so many boundaries and, and the roadblocks that lead to finally somebody say I'm successful, I'm financially independent, I'm this independent, but roadblocks on the way. The question is how can this lifestyle help you to get across those roadblocks? You know, sport is one of uh, is one of them. Education is one of them. And telling captivating stories that are believable, but at the same entertaining and funny is one way of uh, encouraging young people. Well, uh, you can't put it better because this is what Inkanizat is about. It's about storytelling. And these stories have to be captivating, educative, mm -hmm. as well as uh, uh, in the process of entertaining it changes people and basically driving towards mindset change mm -hmm. and this is all about also building one's identity and developing that ground that okay i know who i am and i know yeah. what i want to become as it were so uh, we believe as uh, storytelling is a powerful tool that uh, has to connect people and then deeply touch their emotions and i like uh, the vision that you you are putting out that you are going about uh, mentoring uh, people and sharing the stories through the the production that is being anticipated mm. and we look forward to those interesting stories. Uh, now, uh, using Mpari uh, and a few local currently appearing turnovers, what is your take on the future of storytelling in Zambia and Africa? Um, by the way, I've, the first appearance on Zambia's Magic for me was at Mpari. It was my coffee. My coffee. So I was in season one and season two uh, as a retired commando lieutenant. That's where my karate skills came to life. My <laughs> old age, I was like, oh, please don't give me these roles anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna I, break I, my I, bones. I wanted to ask that uh, in Impari, I wanted to see you use your karate or ninguzu. Ah, uh, no, but uh, anyway, when you are teaching martial arts, we are told not to use it uh, to its fullest. So somebody wasn't done that before. But Mr. Nguzu, when he was young, Mr. Mondiam Tari, when he was young, he was uh, a boxer. Okay. I don't know if you see how he does his hooks. That's coming from the ring. Okay. He's, he's, uh, he has boxing training. Yeah, but anyway, back to your question. So from uh, from uh, Makofi, I went to Mpari. Mpari on the side, I also featured on uh, Mongoma before it went uh, off the screen. The future of... Uh, this industry in Zambia is, we are smiling when we look at where we are going. Okay, at the same time, we are frowning. I'll tell you why. First and foremost, we all remember the late 90s, the early 2000s, when our markets were flooded by DVDs from Nigeria. Mission Impossible, this, that, suicide mission. And everyone wanted to have a DVD player so they can play the latest film from Nigeria. You know, some of them you are watching, even each microphone comes into the into the shot, 
they remove. You remember those? Sound okay. bad. Sometimes I was just using sound from the camera. But we're still bored. Nigeria, we laughed at them. But they were moving. Look at where they are now. They are way miles ahead of us. But we love where we are. We embraced the opportunity. We tried. The industry tried. Those were active tried um, until we have an opportunity where people can get even employed and get paid through the best magic. Now, through that, we can smile. But there aren't many producing production houses which are on TV and the best magic and getting money out of their wigs. No. And Zambians still have not come to appreciate that when a Zambian makes a movie, they should fill up that cinema. Very few are going there. We still need to develop on that. Secondly, the broadcasting houses in Zambia. We have so tens and tens and tens of television uh, stations in Zambia, but they're not paying low content. They're, they're getting free, from... free content from outside the country. Who wants to watch that? They need to start buying local content. They still they need to start competing with Zambia's magic, you know, so that if I don't manage to get on Zambia's magic because they are fully booked, they have productions, they don't have any slot, I should go to the corner, uh, street corner television yeah. and get my my production bought there. And then I, uh, the, my production, the cast and crew can, can get salaries until for as long as that production is uh, is on air. You know, that's where we need to go to ZNBC and all these private entities should start buying content. It's their job to look for marketers, to look, I mean, to look for sponsors. They go to corporates and then they place adverts in that. They can make money out of that. Besides, a good production is going to bring viewership. Therefore, it's going to bring subscription to that TV channel. And you get your money from subscription. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, you have just made uh, the comment on as important con content mm. and bring it uh in your own opinion are we owning our our narrative are we the ones telling the story or we are dancing to who has the biggest money to offer uh for these stories that we we have seen gone on on television and especially on these bigger platforms seemingly drawing their attention and traffic um we are like i said we are happy to have these productions we are happy to have our productions be seen in tanzania kenya uganda malawi and all the surrounding countries in africa uh, but the fact is majority of those productions you are seeing and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this because it's the truth are commissioned products yeah. what that means is uh, this channel will pay me 100 kwacha for what i've produced and they will own it, they will own the production. Meaning anything else beyond the episodes I produced, they will continue producing and writing according to what they want. So it's no longer my production. It's, as long as it's commissioned, it's not my yeah. production. I'm just hired to produce for them. I've no say where the story should go. I've no say who should be the main character, it's them. It's commissioned. But if we start going the licensed way, where the money is little, but at least we own the narrative, we own the direction of the story, yeah. that would help us. Okay, so currently of the three options uh, in Zambia, the commission is dominant than the licensing. Yeah, because um, the licensing is similar to leasing, but uh, commissioning is dominant because that's where most money is. Because even me, to be honest with you, if I'm just starting to produce, yeah. I would rather 
hit the ground running by getting a commission, a commission so that I can get at least a bigger chunk of money and can buy some equipment so that uh, next time I think I make a movie or a series, I can license it. When they are done pro uh, broadcasting, they bring it back to me. Then I go to another country, license it as well. It's mine. I go to Netflix, it's mine, license it. But I can do nothing if it's commissioned. Okay. Yeah. Well, dear listener and viewer, they are, they, the terminology is being used there. They sound technical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But basically, what, what it means uh, from uh, what doctor submitted, when it's commissioned, it means you give uh, the, right. the rights to to the channel that is going to be airing yeah. and they start controlling but they give you the money and then they start telling you which direction they want their story to go yeah based on their feedback so it might not be like going your way and they may introduce other elements that uh, are suiting what they want to see on their screen but when it comes to licensing is where you produce by yourself and then you take to them and then as i has put it especially if you maintain your rights you can't sell it even to different uh, channels mm -hmm. depending on the clauses that in your contracts. That is a lot of education coming yeah. uh, through our interaction. Now, how are you balancing between the acting and sports? Of course, you shared a little bit of uh, this and our, the demanding part and just somebody to just mm -hmm. say, okay, mm -hmm. is it possible? And uh, talk to also parents who tell the child, concentrate on the physics, mathematics, and science, and become an engineer, forget about acting and sports, and uh, maybe as you respond to the balancing mm. of that. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's an act that needs good balancing, but I'm happy that the role I have is not a full-time role. I'm not a full-time actor, I'm a part-time actor. And so they, if they want, they can make that role full-time, but I'm not available to do that. Uh, it's a very big role, as you know. It yeah. can actually fit to be full time, but because I've got a job here, uh, you people wonder. Some people even say uh, or insinuate that oh, this is suffering because I'm concentrating on acting. No, I'm not. Uh, you find me here every day when you want to find me. Yeah. When I go to act, you will not know. I'll get to leave there when I know I don't have an appointment today. You've seen it yourself. How many appointments did I have before yours? <laughs> yeah. you, I expected you at 10.30 but when you came earlier I already had two, three yeah. other appointments uh, before you uh, so if I get a leave day which I'm entitled to I'm entitled to go and sleep the whole day if I want or to go hunting or to go to the farm or to go acting you, you understand huh? yeah. and when I go my producer knows when Frederick comes everything else we have, we have kept for him pending in the past two weeks must be done on that day. That's why when you watch me, watch me with this beard. If, if I appear today with this beard, the way it looks, I'll look the same tomorrow. I'll look the same the other day. I'll look the same the other day. Why? I shot on the same day. Different clothes. Okay. But I shot on the same day. That's what people don't understand. They think I go to act every day they see me on TV. No, some of those things I shot them on the same day from eight, sometimes up to the night. Yeah. So would I encourage someone, how would I encourage someone to go to school? Uh, and this is what parents make a mistake, where they make a mistake. You know that your child, in terms of academic prowess, they are not as gifted as their friend. Yeah. Or you also know that your child, in terms of sport, in terms of sport, they don't have the skill to do sport. Yeah. But you're forcing them just because you used to be a sports person. Yeah. Or vice versa. We need to understand our children. 
where is our child's strength? My my firstborn son was very good at football, extremely good, but he was, he was a small stature, very small, even shorter than me. And I'm like, son, we're not going anywhere. Uh, it's, it's, uh, let's look at something else you can do. He understood. And now he has developed a passion for something else which he's enjoying right now. You know, that's what we need to If studying physics, chemistry, biology is okay. You can become an engineer, you can become a, uh, a medical doctor, it's okay. You can even grow up and become a, uh, establish a construction company because you're an engineer, that's fine. Or you can get employment as an engineer, you can get a hospital on your way as a medical doctor, that's fine. But if a child is not good at those subjects, don't force them to crack their heads. Maybe they are good at um, operating a camera. Yeah, because I don't need to get an A plus in physics to, for me to learn how to, do, to use a camera. No, I don't, I don't need that. Just we need to understand our children. If the same thing with his sport. If your child, by the way, sports career is a short career. Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. from a, a late teenagers to 35, you are done. You are done. So if you are very good at sports, especially football, because that's where most money is, and you can start at the age of 17, get professional, get your money like Patson Daka is getting his money. By the time you are re retiring, you must be a fool to be broke 10 years later. Yeah, yeah you must have made your, your, your money, you know? Yeah, somebody who never went to university, but they'll be making it. It doesn't mean you need to go and get a degree to succeed, no. I may not have the time and the brain for that, but I've got the brain to use my leg. We need to understand our children. What is their gifting? Where is their potential? And help them to move that direction. But they should at least receive some education for them to interpret those contracts. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome things. I will not let you go uh, to just uh, answer this question. Is there any part in your acting as uh, Albert? Mm that you found in a script that is much, it, it did much with your own, your new life? I think these guys were very clever. They, when people meet me driving a good car, yeah. they were like, oh, so in real, in real life you are rich, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a driver, I'm not rich. But when they see me on news, like maybe on ZMBC TV, talking about sport and all these things, yeah. Dr. Frederick Tangara, uh, CEO, or I this one. So he's rich in real life. And, I wish I was Albert, because yeah. Albert is thinking rich. Yeah. I doesn't care what he dresses, he can come out and cut a simple t-shirt, go to the office, making his money, go home, yeah. you know. Uh, but the, the fact is, I mean, this is a parent who really wants to be impactive to his daughter, but he has not been given a chance. And that also teaches me something on how I should relate to my own, uh, to my own children. On the other side, I also learn a lot from uh, this character in terms of being persistent on what you want to do as a businessman, yeah. making the money and, and, and all those things. We learn a lot um, from what we, we do. I, I pitch Mr. Gudu. I don't know what Mr. Gudu learns from being a, a polygamist. He, when he actually was one wife in real life who is a pastor, and he's acting as a, as a polygamist. Uh, yeah, there are moments when you 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 think this. I think this was written for me. They they know who I am, and I can deliver it as a person, as me. Okay. You know, not as a character. There are always those moments. Have you had a situation? It might be you or somebody closer to you dealing with uh, having the child elsewhere, and uh, they have no access to the child. No. Uh, so. 
that was the lie I told you. I don't have two children. <laughs> but the truth is, I've got five children. Um, yes, I, I have had uh, those situations. I think those are very common situations where somebody, but the most common is where I, I remember I told you I was working for an HIV treatment center. Yes. I also trained as a psychosocial counselor after my degree. One of my cases was somebody who came and said, can you help me trace my father? My name is this. I started looking, doing my research after that. I found where that person works. I went to them. And this person says, look, yes, that, that's definitely my child. But when the mother was pregnant by me, the family barred me never ever to see their daughter, whether in their, in their pregnancy or even after, mar after delivery. And this child is 20 years. So I don't want to see this child because I don't know what will happen to me. That's another example. Other examples are where women just tell you it's not your child. But on to tell you it's your child when the child is 25. Mwiza and Albert. <laughs> Other examples uh, is they, they just deny you access to yeah. uh, to the child. You have tried to, to find the child, but they can't. Well, dear viewer and listener, there Patis of Soto and Publishers, Kanizatu is about giving the narrative of our real stories and also entertaining you as well as uh, educating you on things that speak to our identity and our culture. Soto and Publishers, this is a reading publisher that is writing and documenting indigenous stories that you need to look up to and uh, publish that story, it's valid. Uh, Dr. Tangana, as we come down towards the end, as you say your your goodbyes, uh, what one question would you love me that I would we expect it to be asked and I didn't ask? And you give the answer. <laughs> what does your wife feel about you acting as a boyfriend, stroke former boyfriend to, to Wiza, especially when scenes look we uh, romantic in nature. Yeah. That question you didn't ask. <laughs> I even know there was a scene where there was on screen there was kissing, but of course we know how to do it in acting. But, but in your mind there was kissing. Uh, so how does my wife feel like? So this is what happens when a script is ready, and I'm there. They'll send me a script a day or two before. I don't have time to read because of what I have. Usually we just go and say to read to start. And I, but I read through so that in case there's something I need to prepare my, my wife for. Yeah. And I see that there's a, a romantic side of it. I'll tell her, oh, uh, sweetie, look, uh, this is script I'm going to act tomorrow has got this and this and this and this and this. Um, just telling you in advance so that when you see it, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't think we just decided to do it on set. Yeah. So I ah, okay, I understand, you know. Um, and in most cases, she's, uh, uh, she's, uh, she's okay. She knows. I used to be a celebrity in my own church before yeah. even TV knew. Yeah. My, my, my character name was Chanda the Great. She knows where I'm coming from. She saw me on stage in church doing theater. Yeah. So she knows that uh, it's just simply nothing but acting. Yeah. Great. We need that trust. Uh, and uh, your, your final word on uh, the future of storytelling in Zambia and the entire world. Um, I think that um, if we need to preserve our culture, uh, we shouldn't leave it to one sector. If we have a talent in storytelling, let's do that. Let's keep our, our culture, let's, let's keep our experiences and our, um, our lives in written. 
Uh, it could be on uh, digital media, uh, could be on books, could be on um, on plays, on theatre. Let's do, uh, let's get writing because this is about to be the biggest employer in Zambia. Mkaniza to there you have it, Doctor. As you are writing your story and yes. hoping to get a book to be published yes. here from us, every guest who comes on Mkaniza to they are gifted a notebook because we care about documenting and writing those stories. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much you. for sharing your your inspiring journey and just bring out that best character that people have fallen in love with on Empire yeah. on set and there's also the many massive things that you are doing at OIDC. This has been Sidney Mponda uh, on Inkani Zatu. Inkani Zatu is brought to you, uh, powered by Sotwen Publishers. And we invite you as a listener and viewer to subscribe to our, especially our YouTube channel so that you can be part of interesting conversation and inspiring episodes that we bring to you so that we keep telling our story and promoting our own culture, identity, discussing all things publishing and mindset change. We should own our story. For now, it's bye. <laughs>